Welcome to God's Favourite Shepherds, a collection of 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters, with many of the stories ending with a short quiz. Listen now to the author of God's Favourite Shepherds, Bill Ackland. Today's story is about a man, a very important man. His name was Phicol. He was commander of an army. And the subheading is a witness to weakness. The story is based on Genesis chapters 20, 21 and 26. My name is Phicol, but my story is about someone else, Abimelech, king of Gera, a major city of our time in the southwestern area of Canaan. I am the commander of his army. Both King Abimelech and I knew the great patriarch Abraham and his son Isaac. It is their relationship with us that is the reason for my story. In our day, communication was mainly by word of mouth, and how efficient was that method? We had heard that Abraham had travelled many years ago from a town in Chaldea and had finally moved into the general region of Canaan after first staying at Haran. Canaan, a grandson of Noah, was the first to settle in this part of the world after the Great Flood. He was the ancestor of many tribes, particularly the Jebusites, whose main city was Salem, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, and others. One day our scouts told us that Abraham's large household and his thousands of livestock had come into our region of the country seeking new pastures for his flocks. He had told our people that the senior woman of his family was his sister. The word got to King Abimelech that Sarah, as that was her name, was very beautiful. So the king, always seeking to add to his household of wives, sent a deputation to Abraham's tents, seized Sarah and brought her back to the king's residence. However, Before he had any relations with her, the great God of heaven told him in a dream that very night that if Abimelech touched her in any way, he would be a dead man, for she was, in fact, another man's wife. Abimelech protested that Abraham had said that Sarah was his sister. What he had done was in all innocence. Even Sarah had said that Abraham was her brother. Abraham's God knew this, and that is why he told the king what he said to prevent him from touching Sarah. Otherwise, he and every person in his household would have been killed. As soon as the sun arose the next day, Abimelech told his servants what had happened overnight. This made them all very afraid, thinking they may lose their lives. Abimelech called Abraham to him, and reprimanded him for being deceitful about his wife. He challenged him to give a good reason for saying what he did. Abraham explained that because the people of that area did not believe in the God of heaven, the God he worshipped, he thought he would be killed and another man would have his wife as she was a beautiful woman. Trying to excuse himself, he said, "'She is my sister, for she is my father's daughter,' but not my mother's daughter. I told Sarah 
to say wherever we travelled that she is my sister to avoid trouble for us both. Not wanting to prolong the confrontation between himself and Abraham, King Abimelech returned Sarah to him. He also gave Abraham livestock and servants and told him to choose a suitable area of the countryside around Gera and stay there for a while. Less than a year after this event, we heard that Sarah had borne Abraham a son, whom he named Isaac. Knowing how old Abraham and Sarah must have been, the birth of a child to them must have been the surprise of their lives. Soon afterward, King Abimelech advised me to assemble a band of armed men to accompany him on a visit to Abraham. He confided in me that he wanted to enter into a covenant of peace with this great man. This was a common practice in our day, which ensured our enemies would be reduced to a minimum. Everyone in our times knew that a covenant or an oath must be honoured at all costs. Thankfully, Abraham agreed to Abimelech's proposal of peace and said, I will certainly swear to be at peace with you. However, that was not the end of it, for Abraham used this opportunity to raise a matter that was of great concern to him. He said that some of Abimelech's men had commandeered a well that really belonged to Abraham. This was a major challenge to him, as it made it much more difficult to water his flocks and other livestock. King Abimelech was shocked to hear about this. It was the first time this matter had been raised with him. So the king agreed that the well was to be restored to Abraham, and in response, Abraham gave Abimelech seven young ewe lambs to the king, saying, This gift is a witness that I have dug this well. So the covenant was formally made between King Abimelech and Abraham. That place thereafter was known as Beersheba, meaning Well of the Oath or Well of the Seven. Many years have passed since the events I have just related. Isaac is now a grown man, married with a beautiful wife whose name is Rebekah. A serious famine is in the area of the country where he was living, similar to the severe famine in Abraham's time. His God had apparently told him not to go down to Egypt to find relief, but to stay in our part of the country where he would be greatly blessed. Again, the men of our people couldn't help but notice how lovely Rebecca was and asked Isaac about her relationship with him. He replied that she was his sister. That answer sounded familiar. His very own father had said the same thing in similar circumstances many years ago. After Isaac's family had been residing in our part of the country for a considerable time, King Abimelech passed by Isaac's house one day and saw through a window that Isaac was caressing Rebekah as no one but a husband and wife does. King Abimelech called Isaac to him and questioned him by saying, You cannot fool me. I can see that Rebekah is your wife, and so why did you say that she is your sister? It seemed that Isaac had not learned from his father's mistake, for he gave the same reply when he said, I thought a man might kill me so that he could have her. 
To which the king said, Well then, what disaster would have come upon us if one of our men had lain with your wife? By that act we would all have become guilty. The king then issued a formal edict that anyone who improperly touched Isaac and Rebekah would be killed. I relate these incidents here, for they seem to tell me several things. First, otherwise good men can make serious mistakes. Second, both Abraham, whom all peoples greatly respected, and his son Isaac should have trusted the God they served to care for them when they thought they might be in imminent danger. Third, good relationships between people are important, for by this everyone benefits. Fourth, fathers should not be too proud to tell their children about the mistakes they have made, so these may be avoided in later generations. I, Fikol, am recording these words on clay tablets, which is what we do in our times to ensure that what we say is not lost forever. Perhaps someone in years to come may read what I have written here in Gera, one of the many cities in Canaan, far from the great places of the earth when the nations of the world were still being formed and what the future had in store for us was still unknown. I have a brief quiz for you. Phicol was the general of whose army? This man was the king of which city and in which nation? Why was the king unhappy with Abraham? How were Abraham and Sarah related? What was Isaac's wife's name? And why was Abimelech angry with Isaac as well? You've been listening to God's Favoured Shepherds, a book with 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters. If you have any comments or questions, or to obtain a copy of this book, give us a call within Australia on 02-4973-3456 or send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.